wrestling fans! Ah, that's right, it's time for them boys from 607 Podcast to come at your ass with all that pro wrestling talk. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607TWS live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast. And, of course, anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607-TWS. And, as always, we are coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. I am one of your hosts here on 607 Podcasts on Twitch, and I'm also the host of the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me as he does each and every week, the other host here at 607 Podcasts on Twitch, and you know him best as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Ah, you got hypes. Got those volumes up there. Had Getting to. the decibels up, which Had is good. It's Had good. Had to. It's a, bit, it's, a, it's a good show. It's a good topics. We want to have that conversation, so let's get it going. I like it. I like the excitement. I'm a little bit sunburnt. From my trip this weekend to lacrosse tournaments. Uh, famous last words. I don't need sunscreen today. I'm trying to get a little <laughs> bit of color because I'm pasty white. Uh, I got what I wanted. But the weird part is as bad as the sunburn is, it doesn't hurt. It didn't even hurt the day of. It was wow. just kind of hurt. It's weird. I mean, no, that's good, though. But I'm, wow. not, I'm not upset about that. I'm just saying usually it's, it hurts like a son of a bitch. But mm. uh, knock on wood. As you heard, thank you. Thankfully, the, the desk is wood. Yes. But yeah, that's that's what I was up to. I know, having a good time. How, how was your weekend, Ken? Uh, great weekend. Uh, we just dropped an interview with uh, Melissa Flores uh, with the brand new book, The Dead Lucky, coming out by Image Comics, August third, aka Dead Lucky Day. Uh, if you're a fan of Radiant Black, Rogue Sun, The Massive Verse, this is a book you definitely need to go check out. So had a great conversation with her. Our good friend Tom uh, Craven from Off the Cuff Games, ha- that hashtag show swung by. So yeah, it was good. And just getting uh, started on the new week, uh, new blogs coming out and all that fun jazz. Yeah, I uh, actually checked out that interview. Very good. Thank very you, nice. sir. Very Thank nice. you. Appreciate it. I, I listened to it today while I was at my workplace. And listen, getting caught up on my weekend podcast. Because that's what I do every Monday. I get caught up on any podcast that comes out on the weekend because mm-hmm. it fills my day. Yes. And then Tuesdays, I have podcasts I listen to. And then Wednesdays, I have podcasts I listen to. That's why when somebody goes out of line, ODPH at times, mm-hmm. <laughs> it throws my work week off. And then I forget what day of work it is. <laughs> I know. The Saturday release threw a lot of people off, but it, well, it was well, a special was That's a special edition, yes. though. I'm talking about, like, uh, sometimes, and I understand it happens because we've all had to do it in content mm-hmm. creating where you have to change a day. Yeah. But I, I've, I religiously listen to the, the uh, sports edition on Wednesdays and the entertainment edition on Thursdays because they come out Tuesday night and Wednesday night, putting your stuff over even before plugs. I appreciate this. And uh, so the days where like something comes up, and I understand why you can't do it, uh, and you guys have recorded either a super episode or like you're off by a day, it's like, fuck, it's throwing off my week. And it really does. That's just because I'm just a creature of habit at work, especially because mm-hmm. now I have a job where I can listen to podcasts all day while I work. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yes. I got to throw that out there. So thank you. And to all our other podcasting friends that I listen to during the week, uh, usually Wednesdays are also for So Wizard Podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pine of Comics is usually because it usually comes out on the weekend. That's usually a Monday or Tuesday right, that's event. My Monday. Uh, so, you know, like, and, and, and so on and so forth. I'm not going to say your name, everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to say your name, everybody. But I love you all. Just know that. Anyways. 
let's get into some business stuff so we can get into what they really came to hear about instead of us pontificating about our friends and what we're doing and what makes us happy. <laughs> Wrestling does make me happy, though. It does. But before we go any further, tell the folks how to find yourself in the Ultra Dura Parlay Hour podcast. Very simple. You want to talk to myself, the rest of the panel, friends of the show, such as 8122 Productions, a.k.a. the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, Horizon 607, 607TWS, and all the extended family, and so much more. you got to swing over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. Parlay points, new blogs are dropping all over the place, so you definitely want to get caught up on that. In fact, the new blogs count anywhere just dropped this weekend as well. The T Public Store, big stuff happening this week, so you definitely got to keep your eyes peeled for that. The classified section, anything and everything that is the ODPH can be found at odphpodcast.com. I just remembered I got to get the new uh, logo from you for the... Uh for the pay, uh, for this channel. Yes. Uh, by the way, with that being said, though, if you're looking for anything on the Three Fighters podcast, better known as the Three FN podcast, uh, you can find that over at eight one two two productions dot com. Visit the website; it's got everything there. Uh, Patreon link is there. Patreon.com slash eight one two two productions for as little as one dollar a month. You can help support everything we do here. Plus, on top of that, you get a ton of extra bonus content. Also, uh, while you're there, you can check out the link for the Twitch channel if you're not already following. But if you're watching on Twitch right now or on the replay. You already know where that is, but if you're listening in podcast form, you might not know where that is. You want to be a part of that because I know we got a movie night planned to come out in the summer as well, and I do believe it's been set in stone. It's The Wizard. The date has not been set yet, but you will be the first to know uh, when the day is So We are going to be watching The Wizard. All right. <laughs> I, I'm sure you're down for that. Yes. Uh, we're going to do it. We're not going to do a live watch one. We're going to do it the way we did Willy Wonka's. I thought that worked out very well. That worked out perfectly. Uh, so anyways, with that being said <laughs> and and going on, uh, we also on there, you can find friends of the show like the ODPH, like our friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down on the August 26th and 27th in Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. Meet, come meet CJ Graham, Jason from Friday the 13th, part six. Also going to be in attendance is David Howard Thornton, nice. the man, the myth, the legend, the place, Art the Clown in the Terrifier movies, and of course, Richard Mauser, one of the great actors. Uh, you might remember him from the uh, miniseries, It, that was uh, the original one, and also he was in The Thing and much, much more. Of course, Diesel remembers him from My Girl yes. and My Girl too, which, as you should, uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. He's going to be there as well, as well That's as a awesome. ton of other actors and vendors. Check it out, SciFiHorrorFest.com. All that information is also on there. And of course, our friends in the musical section who allow us to use copyright free music shout outs first and foremost to uh, one of those bands floodlands who does our opening music that you hear each and every week here on 607 tws find their information and more including our local sponsors and uh including dragon master games who helps you bring these shows to you commercial free and of course for all your magic gathering gaming needs go to dragonmastergames.com going fan uh, pads already in the chat saying evening gentlemen Lesnar just F5'd Otis on Raw, and wow. honestly, that was frighteningly impressive. That is a pretty impressive feat. That's Brock Lesnar's life. Like, I mean, if anybody's going to do it, he's one of the short list that could do it. Many feats of strength there. Yes. If we get to go by the uh, uh, Robin Hood men in tights philosophy. Well, uh, well before, before we jump in and get the, the party started, let's go over what we're going to go over in the notes tonight. Uh, in the main event, I'm going to pontificate a little bit. Oh, there's some there's been some things that happened this weekend that did not settle well with me in the IWC journalistic wrestling uh, thing. We're going to love them together and talk about the, it's something that we're be, everybody beats a dead horse on, but it's got to be done. Maybe a different direction will help this one. So that's going to do in the main event okay. uh, in the mid card of the show. We're going to do Indie Roundup uh, this past weekend. Pro Wrestling Revolver. West Coast Pro and GCW had huge shows. We're going to talk about all of those ones. Plus, on top of that, we are also going to talk about uh, this upcoming weekend's GCW California run. 
Hey, what's going on, Alan? Hey, there we go. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you called me sexy. I like the beard. That's our guy, Alan Dunford from Pocus Hocus. Awesome. The, great great book. Yes, great book. The Kickstarter is live right now, so if you need to go to, uh, find out about that, odphpodcast.com front page. There you go. Very good book. Very good. I, I enjoyed it very much. So. It's fantastic. On top of that, though, in the opening contest, we are going to be discussing the elephant in the fucking room. Yeah, we got to so talk about it. Let's just, let's just, before we have to disappoint Ken M, let's excite Ken M and get the show started the right way. It's time! There it is. <laughs> and that's the exciting part. Yes. Uh, by the way, and Ken can attest to this, in the show notes for this show that I sent him today, because uh, we're trying, uh, there is a new format we're technically trying. There's the breaks and everything are going to be there. We're still in the mid-card, but we're trying to do like five subjects. And sometimes the subject, because like the mid-card is obviously a little longer, and we're counting that as two, but there's a lot of stuff in there. But still, we're trying to kind of streamline the show a little more. Mm-hmm. And that's on our own doing, because uh, sometimes I do pontificate too much. And, and I know some people enjoy it, and we're just trying to help other people and everybody enjoy it more. Uh, but in the show notes I sent you today, literally, first item line, <laughs> said Vince, Vince, McMahon. Sca- Vince McMahon scandal, in parentheses, unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and uh, by the way, the main event segment I told you about earlier, yep. also in parentheses, Unfortunately. unfortunately so that is my new way of saying i don't really want to talk about this shit but unfortunately we do and it has nothing to do with i'm kissing vince mcmahon's ass because we all know that's not true yeah because i can't tell true. you the last time i watched a wwe product i mean i guess i watched matches for money in the bank i've only caught the pay-per-views and i'll catch the raw highlights you know on youtube but right. but, catch the highlights. but overall it's like no I, I i'd much rather watch gcw i'd much rather watch impact I'd rather watch stuff that makes me happy as a wrestling fan. You're going to hear a theme throughout the show because of a later segment, but there's a theme throughout the show of fake outrage and bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm, unfortunately, that is this, this week. And I'm not saying what happened. Let's just start this off by saying this. What Vince McMahon is alleged of doing is disgusting. Yes. But it's not new. No, it's not. And that's why we're going to go with fake outrage. And this is, hear me out. Hear me out. Start for starters, Vince is alleged that he's paid twelve million upwards of twelve million dollars to keep hush money. Uh, there was accusations of having a female superstar perform oral sex on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, uh, and then somebody uh, I think it was the same person or somebody different uh, losing their job or losing a spot in their job. Uh, there was a rehash at one point in juncture in the last week or so of the sex scandal that he was a part of in the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. where he allegedly sexually assaulted a referee. Mm-hmm. A female referee. I think that's whatever. Uh, before I go any further, though, the statement I want to make is for the internet sleuths. Can we not try to guess which diva or which woman this is a part of? If they want to name themselves, that is fine. But do not force somebody's hand out. Whatever happened to them is horrible enough that we don't need to go, oh, it must have been this person because it matches up. Or, oh, it must have been this person. Because two things are going to, one of two things is going to happen. Either one, it's not them, and it's really shitty to put their name in the middle of some shit. Mm-hmm. Or two, it is them, and if they're not already public about it, whether it's the NDA or just their choice, it is not our place as decent human beings, which I hope we're trying to be, to out them to the public. I'm right there with you. 
It's disgusting that they went through a horrible situation, an ordeal, mm-hmm. a sexual abuse or assault or, you know, a, a quid pro quo, if you will. Whatever it was. Whatever the and to de- have to relive that is bullshit. Yeah, whatever the deal is, I mean, this is something that is getting investigated by the board of directors at WWE. And we don't need to find every detail out about this. If they want to come forward and talk about it, that is their deal. But we don't need to start throwing every single name of every single wrestler that has been mentioned from the 1980s to now in the mix. That's not our place about this. No. And I've seen people trying. Yeah, and it's just disturbing. Too. And I, I mean, I made a statement on Twitter, and I don't usually put these things out there just because of whatever. And my statement was, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm not going to look up even my own statement. But I, it's, it's, in the just, it was this. My take on it was, and still is, why is this a surprise to anybody? These were all these things that are said have been rumored and alleged for years, but all of a sudden we're up in arms about it. Where was all of this outrage in arms when it happened? Vince McMahon is obviously a disgusting human being. At the end of the day, has he done nice things? Yeah. Has he done good things? Yeah. But he's also done disturbing things and disgusting things, which that is a human flaw. Should he have to pay for them? 100%. I think at this point in juncture, with the, the immense of stuff that's coming out, it's probably in his best interest, in his company's interest, and in his family's best interest, that he says, you know what? Fuck the investigation. Because it's not a legal investigation. Mm-hmm. It's a business one. He should say, fuck this investigation. I'm stepping down permanently. I'm retiring. I'm going home. Stephanie can run the company. Triple H can be part of it. Nick Khan can do his thing. Jeff Jarrett's in his spot. There's people in spots. But now, after all this came out, I think they knew it was coming because now we know why Jeff Jarrett was brought back. We all, I mean, I'm sure some of it was because Nick Khan's eyes got a little too big and then he booked something he shouldn't have. And now, you know, Jeff is is a way more attentive to these things. Right. He's a good businessman. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about his booking or whatever or booking himself over in the past in TNA. He's not doing that. He is a decent booking. He knows what he's doing as far as booking venues and booking events. And he's got an eye for things because he's an MMA fan, so he knows when MMA events are going down. He knows when other major events are going down. Very smart man. So I have no problems with him doing his job. But now I'm thinking that the reason some of these pieces were in place, just like, you know, the internet has you to believe the WWE didn't like Stephanie McMahon. That's why she went home. No, no, she went home because they knew this was coming and they knew that she was going to have to do a bigger role in the company. And you can't convince me. And I, I guess we can parlay off of this in a second for the first second. You can't convince me that so far she hasn't done some things on her own in this company. And I don't think Vince was a part of them because there's been some announcements made and some signings done that have her and triple H's signatures all over it. Because if you don't, if you haven't heard, it was announced this week that WWE for the first time since a year ago is inviting indie talent to the performance center for tryouts. Right. Hmm. Vince and uh, what it Woody Wood Chuck there whatever oh John Laurinaitis no 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 that's that's uh, hey Vince you're looking vascular today no no uh, fucking uh, the producer there whatever oh, it? Kevin Bru- Dunn oh Kevin Dunn uh, has been like they they've been on this old guard kick and they have to be this and they have to be that and Triple H is a wrestler's wrestler so that was who hired all the people when it was black and gold hmm interesting. So for the people who are like, oh, Stephanie's just a puppet and she's not doing anything. 
um, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I, and I think that what we need to do now is Vince needs to say, fuck it. There's a certain time where I need to stop the insanity. I need to stop these intrusiveness on my family, who obviously this is hurting. Mm-hmm. I need to stop the intrusiveness on my business, which is hurting, because eventually places like Fox and stuff are going to come looking for an answer. And other advertisers are going to come looking for an answer. It's got to happen sooner than later. So if he steps away and gets the fuck out of Dodge and really goes home, a lot of that will go away, believe it or not, folks. I know it doesn't sound like it's fair, but you know what? At the end of the day, that's the amount of justice we're probably going to get here. Exactly. No, I, I fully agree. I mean, I think that at this stage, there is no other option. Vince needs to go and go away, go off into the sunset, and disappear. We don't need to see him on the programming. We don't need to see him coming out to just do the everything will be all right bit that he did on SmackDown a couple of weeks ago when the first major allegation came to light. We just need him to go turn over the reins to Triple H and Steph. If they're going to save face, because as you touched upon too, the TV advertising contracts are going to be up soon. Mm-hmm. That's a major thing as well. I'm sure the stock prices everybody's watching right now for the business aspects. Just, but more importantly, the moral obligation to his family, like to keep bringing shame upon them. And I understand. I mean, what, obviously, he doesn't give a fuck about. I know that, he but does. Still, he does I mean, it, but but at the end of the day, like that's where it should be first. But he's Vince McMahon. I mean, the, I know that he thinks he's bigger than. In my opinion, he thinks he's bigger than a lot. But at this stage, there is no other option. If WWE is still going to be the WWE, the number one brand, he needs to go away. And I think that they, like you touched upon, they've started doing that a little bit with Jeff Jarrett coming back to the fold, with Stephanie making moves. I mean, obviously, they bringing the independent signees or tryouts again. That's a big move when they've been signing. That's definitely a Triple H thing. Yeah, well, yeah, but signing Logan Paul to a deal when they're starting to get a little more pop culture on into the programming. You notice Vince was not anywhere around in the, that signing. Mm-hmm. That's that was why, Stephanie and Triple H. And you can kind of see that that's the direction that and they're the finger point. Yep. So, I mean, all that being said, there's no other logical move to do. Vince has to go. By the way, that's the finger point of making a star. Mm-hmm. That's what Vince and Kevin Dunn never understood. Everybody who's ever stood next to Triple H, and he did that fucking point, is a star. Whether they're a star in WWE or elsewhere, they're a star. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really kind of uh, mind-boggling that one guy can, you know. Now, mind you, some of them are surefire. But yeah. let's be honest. The one guy sees the talent in people, come on. Come on. I digress because that's not what this is all uh, mostly about. This is mostly about this is this is this weird scenario. And once again, I don't take anything away from anything that's happened here. Mm-hmm. It is serious and is fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. But once again, we are going into this new cycle of, oh, it's so horrible. Well, these rumors have been around forever. Okay. Uh, if you want to find out how long um, they talked about some of these things on Dark Side of the Ring already. There's four seasons of that, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Also, there's a book. I think I'm pretty sure. Uh, there's a book out there that I read a long time ago. I own it, and you can still get your hands on it. It's very good. It's called Sex, Lies, and Headlocks, the book that Vince McMahon and WWF, because it came on in the mid-'90s, don't want you to read. And this is a book that takes you through not just WWF either. This is, there's NWA stuff in there. I think the Bruiser Brody stuff is in there as well. It's actually a really good read for wrestling fans. It takes you through scandals in wrestling starting in about the mid to late 70s through the 80s into the Attitude Era because this book came out in like 97, 98. Mm-hmm. It pre, you know, around the same time that we got to see that wonderful uh, Beyond the Mat documentary. Yep. 
So once again, there's a lot of these evidences out there and people have talked about it, and there's other books talking about it. I mean, if we're talking about despicability, we're talking about a man that, we gotta use the word, allegedly mm-hmm. helped wash away a murder from Jimmy Snuka. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. And there's a, I know there's a whole Dark Side of the Ring oh, on yeah, that. Oh yeah, there's a whole episode on that. Very much implicating, but allegedly, because yeah, we have allegedly, to say allegedly. allegedly. Everybody out there that's familiar with podcasts and streaming stuff knows allegedly has to go in. Mm-hmm. But allegedly, he's, once again, the steroid era, the steroid trials. You had, you know, but the problem is, is that he gets emboldened by the universe. Because once again, there is, and you don't have to go far and go on Twitter. We're going to talk about it later. Mm-hmm. As many, when we talk about the IWC, the IWC isn't just one thing. It's a faction of things. On one hand, you have the burn the world down trolls that hate everything. Right. On one end, you have the AEW fans who hate anything that's not AEW. On another hand, you have like the, the what I call the purists. <laughs> uh, they'd be considered like the PC gamers yep. of wrestling. And man, if it wasn't something that happened in a small venue or in Japan, it didn't count. Trust me, I'm almost I, I, I I'm closer probably to them than a lot of the other ones. I still don't that agree is with true. them. That's that a, that a true statement. That. You're probably closer to them. And then there's the universe marks, who no matter what will unapologetically defend anything the WWE does. They could shit in a fucking box tomorrow. Remember that scene from Tommy Boy, where he's talking about the brake pads and he's mm. like, "Well, this one has a guarantee on." It. He goes, "Oh, well, I could shit in a box and slap a guarantee sticker on it, It'd still be shit." That that's what I'm saying, and that happens across the board. It's not just wrestling. We talk about it in entertainment. For people who cover entertainment and sports, it's not just pro wrestling. No, it's, it's, it's in sports. It's in every form of entertainment: movies, mm. TV shows. It, it it is there. It exists. So, but it is is extremely toxic. Here's the problem: those people let them think what they want. Let them think that that, that Vince is fine and this is all whatever. It's not though. He's an indecent human being, and he should be stopped, and there should be some punishment. Obviously, for most of it, the legal ramifications are gone. Mm -hmm. So at this point in juncture, the heat has got to be on by the networks, by the advertisers to say, hey, you might want to step down. I think he's going to have to do that very soon. However, this back and forth of lighting the gas on fire, it's like the people who don't like WWE are dousing it with gas, and then the fucking universe marks are lighting it on fire, and we have to see this back and forth. And once again, this is going to be a theme in the show because it's ridiculous. And one of the things I'm going to take the task right up front and early before we move on to the next thing we were talking about in the segment before we you know switch over is I saw a lot of wrestling journalists who will tell you how despicable and disgusting this is and how they're outraged with WWE and Vince McMahon, but yet they're still covering WWE and Vince McMahon. And when you bring that up to them, well, you know, you don't ever, you don't know how media works. You, you know, we have to, no, you don't have to cover anything you don't want to cover. You don't. I get it. Your model, and this is what people need to wake up for. We're going to talk about this later and hammer this home. Your model is to infuriate people to click and make you money. So that's why you talk about World Wrestling Entertainment. That is what you're doing. Be fucking honest. And for all of you that are eating it up, think about that before you go and throw more gasoline on the fire. Because the only thing that happens here is you're emboldening people, which is emboldening him, and that's why we get him coming out to a thunderous ovation on SmackDown, a thunderous ovation on Raw. Mm -hmm. Because you're emboldening him. If you would just not talk about him 
and let the fucking me and let the real people that are going to make the punishment happen do their job he's going to go away and be punished finally the once again it goes back to this and this is what hurts my heart is not even the fighting it's that in the process of doing this you're outing people who have possibly been abused or in the better case scenario but still shitty you're outing people who had nothing to do with it and making them look like uh what's the word uh, they call it slut shaming which is not even what they are they're not doing it like so you're like oh this person here it must have been about this girl and that person's like no but thanks for thinking that i got my spot for sucking dick <laughs> it's it's just such a fucked up situation let the investigation go on and the biggest way to make Vince go away is simple. Don't cover him if you're in wrestling journalism. Don't spend money. Don't spend money. Make him go away because that's the only way the message gets sent. If the ratings go down, if the advertising money goes down because the product is not selling, that is a message that will get sent. I give credit to... I. There's some people that I know that do not watch WWE because of Vince. Straight up. And you know what? I've, I hey, I will say this. I applaud them for sticking to their guns. Listen, as 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 people sitting at a table doing Twitch streams, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure some of you who have been listening to this show for a while remember when myself and Ken used to do live streams yep. during every event. Now, we would still do them during AEW. However, we don't have cable at the studio. We have internet. And we do not buy shit on BR Live because the last time we did a live stream and BR Live fucking sucks and everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. So the reason why we don't do EAW ones anymore is because we're in the basement yep. and watching it on cable because that's the only way we can watch it. So that's the real reason why we don't do AEW ones. If you go back long enough, you'll realize we stopped doing WWE ones when the first round of firings happened. And we said, we're not going to do these anymore. And we know it doesn't change a whole lot. But it's at least our comfortability. We didn't cover live stream, even before that, the Saudi shows. Mm-hmm. Because we were against the message of them. Correct. So therefore, that's personal, we didn't do it. Now, I don't know. <laughs> Bad. Y'all got a link for the AW pay-per-view? That was also annoying as, as fuck. Yeah, we did. We paid for it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the the worst part about it was... We're not on the scale of some of these people. I'm a, we're, you know, we're not here to make click money and whatever. We have a decent amount of people who listen and follow, and we appreciate all of you, and we're growing. That's mm-hmm. fine. It hurt our bottom line on Twitch. Not that we were making tons of money, right? but views do equal something, and we would get a substantial amount of views live and a substantial amount of views of people who were listening to it at work or whatever, even in the post because they couldn't watch the show. And the interactions were there. And we said, fuck that. Hurt ourselves personally to not do it. Mm-hmm. Simple. I get it. Money corrupts. I get it. But don't act like you're holier than thou when money corrupts. Right. Is all I'm saying. And this is a disgusting situation again. <laughs> and quite honestly, we don't cover a lot of WWE to begin with. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say we're not going to cover any of it for the reasons of I don't believe in punishing the athletes, but it does give me draw to go, maybe we won't make a big deal about it. Maybe we won't talk about the next pay-per-view. 
maybe we won't depending upon what decisions get made in the interim yes i'm willing to take that hit for what i believe in and i understand somebody will be like but your hit's not as big as names that's okay I'm okay with going to sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the personal preference. And you know, if it makes us feel better not doing it, then so be it. By the way, fucking impact. Let me tell you something. Impact. I, I, this is my personal shot. I promise I won't get off too off the rails. The reason we don't do impact pay-per-views is because they're the only fucking assholes who have flagged us ever. And then Twitch looked into it and went, oh, you weren't infringing on anything. Because we weren't. That's why we stopped covering fucking Impact Live. We still watch it, yeah. but that's why we don't do live shoots for Impact, if you guys want to know. And we don't do ones for indie companies because I, I would like to get them the bottom line that they deserve. Right. They're, they're, they're not fucking making a ton of money. So go and go to Fight.TV or IWTV. Spend the $9.99 a month on IWTV. Go to Fight TV. Watch things like Pro Wrestling Revolver and GCW and pay for the goddamn things. So that way those companies can stay around and they're giving you some of the best wrestling action you're watching out there bar none. Mm. And that's why we cover them for those people who don't know. But as far as Vince McMahon goes, in closing, because I'm tired of already talking about it, he's a scumbag. Allegedly, these, like I said, allegedly, these are fucking damning things that most people, most people would have shame in. You've brought shame on your family. You've shame on your company. You've brought shame on yourself. But this is a shameless man. Obviously, because he doesn't give a shit. So here's the problem. My thing is this. Instead of us arguing about dumb shit, and spreading this, let's do something constructive if you really want them gone. Let's start reaching out to Fox. Start reaching out to Universal. Start reaching out to everybody else who does deals with them. And advertisers. Mm -hmm. And I've heard some advertisers are pulling money. So at the end of the day, when the bottom line comes, he's going to have to step down and go away. It's going to have to be one of those situations where you prove it. But he made that bed. He's got a lie in it. But if we keep doing this shit, online and and going back and forth and and these people are throwing the gasoline on the fire and then everybody's jumping in and then you have these people defending because god knows why but whatever <laughs> we'll talk about some other things that people yeah. defended this week in the main event but god knows why and then you have these people who are technically in the right to be disgusted are in the middle and there's the gasoline from the journalists and all these people who are making money the problem is, is this is what emboldens this cocksucker. Seriously. And I'm not going to say nice things about him because fuck him. Vince McMahon doesn't deserve nice things, obviously. And I think anybody who thinks he does, well, I mean, I, mean, I guess you're listening to the wrong fucking program, I guess. Yeah, I would say by now, yeah. <laughs> I feel bad that there's some really good, talented people I would like to put over over there. But once again... If things don't change, maybe I make that decision. Maybe Ken makes that decision and we don't cover their shit. Once again, does it hurt them? No. No, but at the point, that's what we can do to say enough's enough. That it's our little voice. We know we have our followers. We know we have our, our downloads. We know where we rank on all the podcast charts and all that jazz. But at the end of the day, it comes to sending the message that this is unacceptable. And if it comes from us, just stop covering WWE, so be it. There's other things in the world we can talk about. There's other wrestling organizations that we can put over and really get some fan bases going there. But to go through this time and time again and, you know, dealing with the bullshit that is going on with this thing, no. Until he goes away, fuck him. Like, I, like there's no situation now that is going to be making us happy than him going away. Because I'm sorry. After all this shit is coming out, we, we had the first one a couple weeks ago about when um, the, the first payout happened. 
and now we have more. So wake up, people. Are you going to sit there and just go, oh, it happened, and just forget about it in a day? No. Make your voice heard. Get on your Twitters. I mean, everybody's got an opinion to say about it. Why don't you ever tweet to the companies that are sponsoring them, companies that are showing them on television, and make your voice heard. That's the only way that something's going to get changed because if enough people do it, then something's going to happen. Money. Money is a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to talk about something that isn't that room elephant in the room, but has become quite the elephant in the room also in World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah, out of nowhere, too. So... Natalia, who has been kind of a firestorm around some things lately. Uh, of course, she's had this very public, like, I don't, you know, whatever real worked fucking thing going on with Ronda Rousey. Shoot, what we yes. thought after the match. We're like, okay, obviously that was a work. And then all of a sudden she tweeted out something else this week. And I'm like, well, she might want to be careful because if this is kind of getting real, I don't know if she really wants the real smoke with Ronda. Yeah. Because uh, she said she has pillow fists, but I don't think that she's... I don't think Ronda really cares about her fists. It's not what you have to worry about. She is a Olympic gold medalist in judo, and she's a former UFC world champion. And before she was throwing punches, that she's, you know, whatever in professional fights. If you're not a professional fighter, you're probably not going to take the punch either. But uh, she was basically known for breaking people's arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has the record for the fastest tap out in the history of the UFC, period. Yep. Not by just woman. By man, I do believe that's at, what is it, eight seconds? Something, something like around that. there. Something it's, around that there. Basically, the girl threw a punch, she grabbed the arm, and she almost snapped the arm, and it's a tap. Yeah. It, it was pretty incredible. Uh, Pat says, I just need Natty to take a photo with Holly Holm to really make me laugh at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. First points of the night. Go to Pat. I mean, you're not wrong, but you didn't have to say it. I mean, good lord. That was beautiful, man. It was beautiful, man. Uh, but anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. But she's been controversial in, in ways. Uh, we're here because there's a video now going around of a match between her and the graining, undisputed WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Liv Morgan uh, from a house show. And uh, it was in Sacramento, California. And at the end of the match, you can, uh, after Liv wins, you can see Natalia instantly kneel up in the ring, wag her finger and point her finger at Liv, looks like she's berating her she rolls out and walks to the back so she never really fully sells the move that pins her mm -hmm. and then she walks to the back now a lot of people are like oh uh i've heard the excuse that if you if there, there's a longer video Liv morgan actually kind of catches her with the knee on accident but that still doesn't explain being unprofessional it's not ballet shit yeah. happens trust me if she did it intentionally that's one thing if she did it on accident that's just something that wrestlers happen natalia wrote a tweet response to it to the person who put out their video originally and since has deleted it but the tweet said i'm breaking character right now but i actually said thank you if you must know heart emoji it didn't if somebody's going like this and their mouth is moving that's not thank you and here's the problem let's say you said thank you and hit it like that what's the excuse for not selling yeah this is puzzling from start to finish, I mean, we've seen the well, however you want to define it. I call it a work shoot with her and Rhonda. That Natty, I mean, for being somebody that's been with the company as long as she has, and I mean, I think she's on a Hall of Fame career because I mean, she has just been, agreed. She is she has put her body of work speaks for itself. But for whatever case is, when she tried going this route with Rhonda, and it came off very, I don't want to say edgy because I don't think that's the right word. But I think it was trying to draw a buzz, and it didn't go the way that it should have, in my opinion. 
to see it now carry over with Liv, and if it's true that the knee really connected in the match, for Natty to just sit up right after and mouth something, that's very out of character for her. And for her to say thank you, I mean, unless she's being sarcastic, but still, to just sit right up after the, the move, that's really telling that something really set her off during this. And I don't know if it's just something that now is Liv's time and you know she's feeling that she's she should be having her opportunities. I don't know. I'm This is just an assumption. But either way, it's just it's alarming to see for somebody that's been a professional all in just the epitome of class to see her go about this route. It's a little alarming. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a very weird situation. I don't understand what's going on. Uh, Pat says this just in. Upon further review, it's been determined Stone Cold was saying hello to the fans and wrestlers and not flipping them off over the years. More at 11. I mean, you're not wrong. Doubling down. But you didn't have to Get say him, Pat. it. I mean, good lord. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Like, like if it was an issue, that's something you take to the back. Yeah. I mean, it's not something you do in the ring. You know it's a house show, but now everybody has cameras. That's There's the these thing. things called cell phones, and all of them have cameras. In a lot of ways, they're better than the cameras that people used to own or even now own. I mean, they shoot great video. I mean, this was kind of a more grainier video, but still, it was shot from the stands. Yeah, that's the thing. It happens even, all the time. Even house shows, you can't cover anything up. Dude, when there was a rumor of somebody returning at a house show... Cody Rhodes. Yep. Remember, everybody was it trended number one on Madison Twitter. Madison Square Garden, and people were fucking live streaming it. We were wa- me and you were watching I know. it. <laughs> we were watching it from somebody's feed on Twitter. <laughs> no Facebook for that. It's Facebook Live. No, I Twitter. It was Twitter. Okay, it was Twitter. Yeah, so we were watching it. Like, come on, you guys. Do, it, it's just something that's on. Either way, somebody it, it, Natalia should know. Especially somebody who is as esteemed and as as good as a legend as she is, because I'll say she's a fucking legend. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's got to do a little better here because I I'm sorry. And if she's frustrated, okay, that's fine. That's I understand that a hundred percent if she is. But if she's frustrated, there's different ways to handle that. Yeah. I mean, there really is. I mean, I'm not saying that walking out is the right idea, but it is also something that has has been done before. This is true, but I, I think cooler heads are going to prevail. Holding out something, yeah. you know, have a conversation in the back. And if it's something that Liv did, pull her aside. Have a conversation in the back. Use it as a teaching experience. The legacy of Natalia is going to really come down to the people she worked with. Mm-hmm. And she's had a hell of a legacy. Oh, absolutely. It's not time to ruin it. I'm sorry. Because in this day and age, this is not the blemishes are not good. No. Just saying. Sorry. Well, with that being said... That is going to bring us up to the first break of the evening. And, uh, Ken M., uh, we're going to actually play some music by our good friend, Tom Jolu. Oh, let's go. How about go. you tell the folks about our friend, Tom Jolu? Tom Jolu is one of the best musicians in the 607 area, and he does do a little bit of touring, too. He has a fantastic album out. He's got EPs. If you can catch him live, you should go catch him live, because I know you'll definitely bring the music to your ears and then some I can't put him over enough. He's just fantastic. You can find him and his music on 8122productions.com and odphpodcast.com. You hear his music always as a kickoff for the Twitch streams. You're going to be hearing a little more of him on the ODPH, a little spoiler for coming up this week. So definitely stay tuned for that. But you definitely want to get a hold of some brand new uh, Tom Jolu, if I'm seeing this lined up. Yes, I've got a song off of his newer EP, Salad Maybe. The song's called Short and Sweet. We're gonna, it is a very short song, but that's perfect for a break. We're gonna play that for you. When we come back, it's gonna be the mid card. We're gonna do some indie roundup and telling you about some wrestling that you should definitely be checking out right after the break.
talk too much You say before you kiss me Say I'm out of touch But it's hard to think when you're icy Get that bass, Gunnam. Get that bass. Let them know. It is now time for the mid-card of this week's edition of 607TWS, live on twitch.tv slash 607podcast, and anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. Here we go, mid-card. Let's talk about it. It's time to talk some independent wrestling. I'm excited to talk about that JCW card. Yeah, we got a ton of stuff to talk about here. Uh, let's go right in order. Uh, so we're going to just do the rundown of uh, what happened on the show and uh, favorites, and we're just going to move through them because uh, there's a whole weekend full of action. First up, and there's between Fight.TV and IndependentWrestling.TV and actually one YouTube show as well. So let's go. Starting on Friday night, West Coast Pro was back with West Coast Pro Wrestling presents Cruel Summer 2022 live from the United Irish Cultural Center in San Francisco, California. It was streaming live on independentwrestling.tv. You can watch the replay now on independentwrestling.tv as well. Uh, your host for the show on commentary, James Kincaid and the ever wonderful Veda Scott. Yes. Veda was killing it this weekend. Oh, yeah. So here we go. Uh, first off, we had a six-man tag match. The conglomerate, Alpha Zoe, D-Rogue, and Midas Creed defeated Levi Shapiro, Manders, and Michael Hopkins. Second match of the evening in a singles match, Masha Slamovich defeated Zeta Zhang. Uh, next up and also in a singles match, Vinny Massaro takes out the formerly of the Dark Order in uh, AEW, Alan Angels. Next match, All Elite Nick Wayne defeats ACH in a burner. Next match up, Kevin Blackwood defeated Jordan Cruz, followed by Titus Alexander defeating the great Jack Cartwheel. Then we had a match that uh, was one of my favorite matches of the weekend. I don't mind saying it ahead of time. As Starboy Charlie was defeated by Speedball Mike Bailey. So Speedball Mike Bailey with the win, but Starboy Charlie back in pure form. This is probably one of his best matches since he's been back from the Mm -hmm. leg injury. For the West Coast Pro Wrestling title was the next match. Your champion, Jacob Fatu, is and still champion as he defeated Filthy Tom Lawler. And in the main event of the evening, the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban returned in uh, prime fashion as they defeated the West Coast Wrecking Crew of Jarrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs. Overall, this was a fantastic card. West Coast Pro is one of my favorite things on television. Uh, you can watch it at independentwrestling.tv. This match, this card, was a, uh, there was not a sleeper match on here, quite honestly. This was a barn burner from uh, front to back. But if I had to say the matches you definitely need to see, Nick Wayne and ACH was, was wonderful. Uh, and I also 
Speedball Mike Bailey and uh, Char- Starboy Charlie. And the main event was great, too. Uh, but Jacob Fatu and uh, Tom Waller are also very good. Uh, like I said, it's hard to pick, but if I had to pick match of the night, I know you didn't see the show. Right. But if I had to pick a match of the night, gun to the head, honestly, sp- Speedball Mike Bailey versus Starboy Charlie. Speedball is making contender for Matt, or, uh, wrestler of the year. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's on fire. Uh, the next night, another huge uh, event. This one was on Fight.TV. You can get the replay now for, I do believe, $13. And it was our good friends over at the Pro Wrestling Revolver. Mm-hmm. As they returned to uh, the Horizons Event Center in Clive, o- Iowa, for Cage of Horrors. And your host of the evening on commentary was uh, Bjork Torkelson and Veda Scott once again. Uh, once again, you're going to see a little pattern with veda yes are you ready by the way uh if you guys didn't because this is gonna instantly you're gonna see a match for a title that you're like what pro wrestling revolver is owned and ran by sammy callahan and you'll end up seeing a lot of impact stuff on there because your opening contest was for the impact wrestling x division championship as speedball mike bailey was successfully defended that title against the one called manders Ooh, i gotta check that the next match was a surprise match because making her pro wrestling revolver debut, the great Allie Catch. And she defeated somebody who has not been defeated in pro wrestling revolver in some time, in Jessica Havoc. Mm. Uh, next up, there was a four-way match where Graveheart, X that out, probably going back to all heart. Yeah, it'll be all heart by the time he makes AKA season, the best in the world no matter what. Blake Christian defeated Crash Jackson, Gringo Loker, and Zachary Wentz in a four-way. The PWR tag team titles were on the line. Your champions, Prisoners of Society, Steve Macklin and Weston Blake, defended against the OGK, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. And at the end of the day, and new Pro Wrestling Revolver tag team champions, the OGK. Nice. Next up, we had a bunkhouse brawl match where Jake Chris defeated Mance Warner. Hmm. Next up, Dan the Dad defeated Jake Manning in a dream match that Sammy Callahan surprised Billy Starks with. Ruby Soho defeated Billy Starks in a great match. Probably Billy Starks' second best match of the weekend. We'll get to that in a minute. In the match that we have been waiting for on bated breath, because it was canceled due to Sammy Callahan's injury almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. The Switchblades, John Moxley and Sammy Callahan defeated the Wolves of Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards. I caught this match. Phenomenal. It is, it is worth the price of admission. In mm-hmm. And then last but not least, the Cage of Horrors six-man tag team match. The unit, JT Dunn, Logan James, and Tyler Matrix, with Phil Stamper in their corner, defeated the crew, Matthew Palmer, Rich, Swar- Rich Swan, and Swerve Strickland. This match was only almost 30 minutes long. It had delivered. Uh, I'm just going to say it. My match of the night, in my heart of hearts, my match of the night was the Switchblades versus the Wolves because that is, it, it was it was great for me. Uh, but if I had to pick like a second best, I love the Cage of Horrors match. It was really good. Very good. Yeah, I only caught the switchblades, and that match did it for me. And then hearing about Allie, too. That, yeah, that, was, was, that, that was a was big cool. move. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's jump right into it. Returning to independentwrestling.tv <laughs> for the first time in a few years. 
Game Changer Wrestling at 1 p.m. on Sunday. You can watch this on IWTV now. Replays yeah. up. The GCW The Settlement Series, part one. <laughs> part one of eight. This went down from the Ridgefield Park Knights of Columbus in Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Your commentators were Brett Lauderdale, Nick Knowledge, and MLJ. Yes. <laughs> and this is not going to sound like a GCW card to you because eh, petty is a word. I love it, but petty is a word. Yeah, this is the perfect way to describe the card. By the way, the entire event, we had Ali Catch yes. and Effie dressed <laughs> up as judges. judges at a table with gavels. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. It. it yeah, let's just go through it. Uh, let's just go. We're going to go right through the order. Okay. In the opening contest, uh, All Elite Nick Wayne defeated Dylan McKay in a great match. Uh, Big Vin, we love him on the show, mm. defeated Austin Luke. Ellis Taylor defeated Charlie Tiger. <laughs> Young, dumb, and broke. Yes. Exploding. Two Hot Steve Scott defeated Brandon Kirk. The Prize City OG Alec Price defeated Marcus Mathers. Axton Ray had a great showing against the legendary Azriel. Akira, by the way, wrestling under Akira Jones, gets his first official GCW win, or does he? Because it was Akira Jones, not Akira. I'm taking it, though. I'm taking it. As he defeated Janai Kai. Uh, we had the starts of the Best of Seven series, which I'm assuming is going to go on during the <laughs> For whole For the duration, seven. yep. And uh, Grim Reefer defeated Declan Grant. And last but certainly not least, the main event of the evening. Our, our, one of our favorites, Yoya, mm -hmm. defeated the most hated man in all of the East Coast wrestling. Probably all of wrestling, period. Yeah, all of wrestling right Charles now. Charles Mason. Yes. What do you think about the settlement series? Phenomenally petty, but I'm here for it. <laughs> like, seeing, seeing Effie and Allie dressed up as judges, I was dying. But great matches, though, all around. And like I say... Uh, Yoya and Charles Mason was not the feud I needed, but I I so want it in my it. life now. Yeah, I'm, 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 say, I'm here Nick for Nick Wayne and Dill McKay was amazing. Yeah, Check that was that great. Out. Uh, Alec Price and Marcus Mathers was amazing. There's some really good matches on here. Don't sleep on it. But that brought us to the bigger event, and this is free, and you can watch it right now on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel for free. So damn good too. Yeah. Also coming from Ridgefield Park, New Jersey, at the Ridgefield Park Knights of Columbus. It is. Uh, JCW, Jersey Championship Wrestling, presents the Great American Birthday Bash. And of course, uh, your host for this show, the Great Veda Scott in Nick Knowledge. Mm -hmm. The opening contest, Speedball Mike Bailey defeated Axton Ray, who we were very impressed with. It was a very great match. Next up was the GCW, the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Titles on the line. Your champions, Bussy, defending against Delirious and Edith Surreal at the end of the day. And still the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, Bussy. Mm -hmm. The next match was the Birthday Boy match. But the Birthday Boy didn't come up on the winning side as Billy Starks defeated all elite Nick Wayne on his birthday bash. In a three-way match, Masha Slamovich continues her winning ways as she defeated Janai Kai and Lindsay Snow. Next up, Homicide defeated the Prize City OG Alec Price. Then we had a Bunkhouse Stampede match 
where Yoya defeated the One Call Manders, Akira, Austin Luke, Bam Sullivan, Big Vin, Brandon Kirk, Charles Mason, Charlie Tiger, Dylan McKay, Ellis Taylor, Grim Reefer, Jeff Cannonball, Joshua Bishop, Casey Cattell, Marcus Mathers, Matt Tremont, and Steve Scott to become your bunkhouse stampede champion. Next up, we had a great tag team match as Hermanos Lee, Dragon Lee, and Dralistico defeated the Space Gods, ASF, and Gringo Loco. And in the main event of the evening, making his round to GCW, Kanosuke Takashida defeated the King of Wreck Shit Mountain, Cole Radrick, in a great phenomenal match. Kicking it over to you. How did you feel about JCW's Great American Bash? Excellent Bur- card. Great American Birthday Bash, are you? Excellent card, top to bottom. Fun energy. Everybody was coming out in birthday hats, and seeing Homicide come out in one was one of the most terrifying things ever because he was happy. He was a surprise for Alec Price because originally it was supposed to be Tony Duppin, but they said he couldn't make it. He couldn't. He, he was sick. Or he was sick, that's right. So just he was a surprise, and the crowd just absolutely lit up and just seeing Homicide just being happy to go in there, and they put on a hell of a match too. And I, the Masha, Janaikai, and Lindsay Snow match. Excellent. And for anybody who was hating on the Billy Starks-Nick Wayne match, what were you watching? Well, there was a lot of people like, oh, they're two 17-year-olds, and they couldn't. Stop. Yeah, dude, I, if you obviously, tell me you didn't see the match without telling me you didn't see the match. Exactly. That match was phenomenal. And two future stars of the business. I mean, if you're not sold on Nick Wayne, he just had a match with the Will Osprey you should probably check out. Mm. And this match was phenomenal by both ends. There is a highlight going on of a Rubik's Cube. Billy Starks gave Nick Wayne a Rubik's Cube on the apron. If you're not familiar, uh, look up the clip and you'll find out what a Rubik's Cube yeah. is. Yeah. Made famous by Danny Daniels. Uh, great, great. I thought it was a great uh, action. I, I loved the, the, I really did love the Billy Starks Nick Wayne match. It's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of a lot of stuff on the card. JCW getting the shine and kind of sticking it even more as the petty weekend came to a conclusion. <laughs> yeah, but what a way it concluded. They put on a hell of a show. Joshua Bishop coming back too. That was big. That was cool. Yeah, I, I'm always I marked a big out fan. for that. Well, that's going to bring us to uh, a little bit of a uh, promo here because we got a we got a big weekend coming up for GCW as the West Coast Bundle is going down. You can purchase the West Coast Bundle on Fight.tv currently for nineteen ninety nine, or you can pay thirteen dollars per show. But uh, I would just say get the bundle; it's yeah. going to be more worth it. Uh, we don't have the full lineups of the card, but we have quite a bit of it. Also, there is a free show on the weekend as well that we'll be mentioning in a second. Are you ready, Ken? M? Let's do this. Uh, it should be noticed that on Friday. July the 15th, GCW returns to Los Angeles, California in the Ukrainian Cultural Center for GCW No Single in the Hills 2. Uh, That is going to be at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 p.m. Pacific, just so everybody knows. And so far, this is what we have announced for the card. We have a singles match between the Sauce God, Alex Zane, and the young up-and-comer, Titus Alexander. Let's go. Hopefully he's ready to go here because our favorite asshole, Tony Deppin, is scheduled to take on a man who impressed the shit out of us in New York City, Commander, mm-hmm. making his return to Game Changer Wrestling. Super excited to see him. Speaking of making a return to Game Changer Wrestling, Johnny Game Changer is going to go one-on-one with Gringo. Okay. Let's go. Then we have a GCW World Tag Team Championship match. Your champions, Bussy. Ali Kachineffi will defend those titles against P.P. Ray, P- Pretty Peter Avalon, and Ray Ro- mm-hmm. Rojas. 
Then we have another great tag team match, and trust me, these kids are going to be in trouble. All Elite Nick Wayne and the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver. They're a nice little tag team. They're getting ready for the Motor City Machine Guns in the near future. Unfortunately, they have to take on Los Macisos, Ciclope, and Medio Extremo. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be These a These kids are going to earn match. their stripes in this match. Mm-hmm. And last but not least on the list, we have a rematch of sorts as Joey Janela goes one-on-one with Kevin Blackwood. Yes. Very excited to see that one go down. And that, of course, is Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific in Los Angeles, California, fight.tv. The next day, though, Saturday, the 16th of September, or no, it's July. (laughs) Uh, I was just joking, guys. Come. This one is coming to you from the Baldwin Park, California, at the American Legion Post, number 241. It's LA Fights Volume 5, and it will be live on the Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. I do believe 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If that changes, we will let you know, but I do believe it is a 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, LA Fights is like the JCW of the West Coast for, right. for, for GCW, but they have one hell of a card set up. Always do good shows. Yep. We got Jordan Cruz taking on Jack Cartwheel. Kevin Blackwood goes one-on-one with Sandra Moon. Lucas Riley takes on Starboy, Starboy Charlie. Wow, I said that wrong. In a tag team match, trust me, if you thought they were earning their stripes the night before, the tag team of all Elite Nick Wayne and the East Coast Ace Jordan Oliver get to go up against Gangster Party, B-Boy, and Little Cholo <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> uh, they really are trying to prepare for that Mortar City Machine yeah. match. Kevin Black. Oh, they are. They listed Kevin Blackwood versus Sandra Moon twice. By the way, I'm not making this no, up. No, you're definitely right about and that. And then, of course, in the last match listed so far, Titus Alexander goes against Jai Vidal, and that match is between two people who have had great records in LA fights. So that's going to be really good. Get familiar with both of them. Very good. Mm-hmm. Last but certainly not least, and if you get the package, this will be coming up on Sunday, 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 July the 17th from the Midway in San Francisco, California. GCW back to the Bay on Fight.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be on. Uh, This has got an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time and a 5 p.m. Pacific start time. And so far, we've got some really good matches listed. Are you ready? Let's do it. In a singles match, we got Kevin Blackwood going one-on-one with All Elite Nick Wayne. Mm. The GCW World Tag Team titles will be on the line as Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie will go against The Caution, Anton Voorhees, and the legendary Dark Sheik. Oh, let's go. Starboy Charlie makes his return to GCW. Of course, he still could be in a scramble match. On the first night, but he's not listed so far. But he's going to make a singles match return here against the bad boy, Joey Janela. That'll be a great match. Next up, we have Graveheart, Exit Out, All Heart, a.k.a. the best in the world, Blake Christian going one-on-one with another young ace in Titus Alexander. Big mm, match for Titus. A huge match for him. Speedball Mike Bailey is going to go one-on-one with Jack Cartwheel. Okay. And in a tag team war, and I promise this is going to get fucking bloody. The South Pacific Savages, Journey Fatu and Juicy Fenois, are going to go on, uh, well, in a tag team match, I shouldn't say one-on-one, two-on-two, probably tornado style, probably weapons, probably blood. SGC. Because, no, 
Their opponents are Los Macizos, oh, Ciclope, and Matteo Extremo. <laughs> Batting down the hatches. That's going to get out of control in a hurry. One of my favorite teams doing it right now, the Los Macizos. Uh, thoughts on the West Coast uh, bundle? Once again, you can get the Friday and Saturday night shows, No Single in the Hills, and Back to the, back to the Bay. You can get those as a package deal for 20 bucks on Fight.TV. LA Fights, check it out because it's absolutely free on the Game Changer channel, uh, Game Changer Wrestling YouTube channel. So make sure you're following there and get it absolutely free. How's your thoughts on the weekend? It's looking like a solid card top to bottom, including LA Fights, too. I mean, GCW really pulls it all out for the West Coast trips. Very excited to see Kevin Blackwood versus Joey Janela. That looks pretty cool. That one definitely has got my attention again. And then to Blake Christian and Titus Alexander. Like, that's that's a great match for Titus because Blake is on the, the momentum going right into the big battle with John Moxley in Nashville. So, all in all, there's some solid cards in uh, the young the young guns there uh, with Nick and uh, Jordan. They got their work cut out for them on the way to face the Motor City Machine Guns. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, we are going to take our final break before the main event. During this break, you are going to hear the sultry sounds of our good friend Second Suitor. And they got some big news coming up. Can M fill the people in? Yeah, going down at the X on August 12th. $8 a ticket. It is Suitor Fest or Suitor Slam 2. So they're going to be having some live music going on. Second Suitor's got a new album coming out. So I know Tyler has been teasing new songs on social media before then. So you definitely want to find that out. You got to go check out Second Suitor on social media. And there's going to be a wrestling match going on that Tyler Reed... At least one. And, I've heard there's maybe multiple matches. There's rumors of more, but the, the main event, as the T-shirts are saying, is Tyler Reed is teaming up with the one and only friend of the 607 podcast, Sean Carr, to take on Garrett Holiday and Axel Lennox in a tag match. Sounds like a fun time. For more ticket information, uh, you can uh, hit up Second Suitor. I know they got tickets. Yeah, Second Suitor on Facebook. They got the link right on the front page because I know that they're definitely making a big push right now. The T-shirts are up too, so you definitely want to go support them. They're awesome people, and they definitely definitely are going to put on a hell of a show there at the X. We always love them. So support the hell out of them. This song is actually off their last originally uh, EP because there there is a live album as well if you mm. should check out for sure yep. and you can also see the videos for that as well uh, but this is off their last EP Super Duper EP uh, it's called Heckfest we're going to play that during the break when we come back it's the main event of the show and we're going to unfortunately uh, be taking some shit to test so yep. we'll be right back after the break
Wrestling fans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's edition of 607 TWS Live on Twitch.tv slash 607 Podcast. And anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607TWS. And of course, the main event, just like most of the stuff that we do here, is brought to you by our good friends at Dragon Master Games for all your Magic the Gathering needs and your gaming needs for that matter. Very true. Visit them online, dragonmastergames.com. Well, with that being said, it is now time to do one of our editorial pieces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because, gosh damn, and I did that on purpose. I think I'm going to swear enough. Yeah. It has been a trying week to be a wrestling fan on the internet. (laughs) That is an understatement. And maybe before I go any further, I should do something I haven't done on this show. I don't know if I've ever done this on this show, but it's something I do on the uh, 3FN podcast. The Diesel Disclaimer? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It is my... And mind you, I'm going to say this ahead of time I am not going to lose my shit I'm going to try to go out a different way but it, these are things that need to be said but usually when I go on a rant in 3FN and it doesn't happen a lot but it does happen uh, we have this disclaimer you have not played that on here no no no, no. so I'm going to uh, sit in my chair and we're going to have a little conversation because there is a lot of disturbing, shitty trends going on on the internet uh, in the wrestling community. And I, we, on this show, we've always said we try to do better, try to be better, try to whatever. And we try to preach this stuff. And I guess that this is kind of my last ditch effort of going, you know, I don't know how much more I can preach and just not just walk the fuck away from it. The problem is, is that it seems like with enough to talk about in the wrestling business. There's shows going on constantly. Mm-hmm. Whether you like them or you don't, that's fine. I'm not even caring about the opinions of people who are like, oh, like earlier we said something about people who didn't maybe not like the Billy Starks versus Nick Wayne match. Right. That's fine if you don't like it. I mean, I think you're wrong. I think that there's a lot of people. I, I think most of the people who said that they didn't even watch it. But I think you're wrong, but that's fine. We can have differing opinions out there. Sure. You can say that a match wasn't good or an angle's not good or you know you can you can voice an opinion that something is great. And that's fine. Like all of that is is fair game. You can say that you don't think that wrestler A is good or that wrestler B is better. That's fine. It's all fun and games. Mm-hmm. That is an opinion and this is an art form. Sports in in, in is, is is art. Entertainment is art. Wrestling is sports entertainment. Yeah, that's right. All wrestling is sports <laughs> entertainment. It's an art form. Mm-hmm. So that means everybody is subjective to your views. And, and does that mean that you're going, you know, maybe the masses have a view and you have a different view. Maybe the, the you know, you're, you're an outlier. Or maybe you are agreeing with the masses. And and I think a lot of times when you, if you come with the honest opinion, and the thing that we do is that we, we say this, and it's something I should mark it, is that 607TWS is the wrestling, is the only wrestling podcast that calls it right down the middle. It's true. Give the old Fonzie treatment. Mm-hmm. The reason why it is is because we call what's good, good, and bad, bad. 
I don't watch WWE programming because it's usually bad. When they do something good, I catch the highlights. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch AEW, and there's a lot of good. But then I sit through an episode of Dynamite Light last week and go, well, I, made my, I must have made, you know, other than the main event, I must have made poor decisions in life. Yeah. And that's an honest opinion, but that's not taking anybody to task or being insulting to anybody because that's not where we should be at. And it sure as hell isn't salacious bullshit that doesn't even have the time of day. And there was a few different things that for some reason, mind you, I know earlier we talked about, hey, we need to get out the whole bullshit with Vince McMahon and stuff. Yes, he's a fucking scumbag. Yes, he needs to step down. I think that should be the the goal. But with the week where that happens, and you could just keep going after the fucking fruit with the endless, you know, the tree with the endless fruit, I should say. Mm -hmm. Sorry. You would think that that would be enough to satiate the bullshit, right? You would think. You would think, right? It is still disturbing, and it is disturbing that people were outing people, and we, we already went over that. But at least it's topical, right? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. But no, 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 no. That's not where we end. No, we're going to start at the light end of the pool, and we're going to go to the deep end of the pool. Okay. And there was three things in particular that I saw this weekend. Well, this actually probably started around Thursday. That I was like, why the fuck is this a thing? Mm-hmm. And why are, we, why are we in this? And then you look at like people who are supposed to be the voice the journalists and they're jumping into and i'm like ah clicks money so i I automatically will go to them later but let's just call it what it is they get you riled up so they can make money off of your clicks (laughs) like keep doing it and a mark is born every fucking day yep i should probably be there's one thing that bothers me in the wrestling fandom is that people like to throw words around yep kayfabe words that they don't understand completely or they think they understand them but they don't one of them is the word mark because somehow people think that they're smart marks which is an oxy fucking moron right because there's no such thing as a smart mark ladies and gentlemen a mark also contrary to what uh dave Meltzer said once is not a derogatory term to anybody mark is an old carny word that's where kayfabe comes from it's old carny language Wrestling started in the carnival. Just a little history lesson for those Mm -hmm. who might not know. A mark is still used to this day. A mark is, have you ever been, actually, I'm going to ask you this because you're going to close as the audience right now. Okay. If anybody wants to answer, it's watching. You can feel free. Have you ever been to a carnival lately? Fair carnival? Uh, Uh, Within the past couple of years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be recent, recent. Right. I'm just trying to think of last time. Because this question, I should have just said it, period. Now, there's a part of the carnival that you walk down, and they call it the midway. Do you know what's? Do you know what the midway is? It's where they got all the amusement acts on the side, like the. Uh, they got amusement acts. They got the games. Yep. And what do they have on the midway? What is what is what is one of the things you hear when you're on the midway? I should say, as you walk by the games and the uh, freak show attractions. Well, anything and anything to get you to come over and talk to him. It's a barker. Yeah. It's a guy who's on a microphone nowadays. Used to be on those uh, little megaphones back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, uh, as you walk by, hey, hey, you over there. Your girlfriend looks like she really wants this bear. Hey, come over here and throw these balls. Knock over the cans. What, yeah. are you scared, you chicken? Or you got a guy, step. sometimes it's automated because you'll walk by and you hear the automated voice go, step right up. See the world's tiniest woman. Encased in glass. She's here on the fair just because 
It's the safest place for her to be. She could be an endangered species. Oh, don't miss out on your time and seeing the world's tiniest woman. She only stands three foot tall. Yeah. So you, you're well aware. And I'm sure everybody yeah. at home is. Sure. So the term mark is the person who, when that person barks to you, gets you to come over. Right. It's the person who, he calls you a chicken, and you come over and you waste your hard-earned money trying to knock those cans off because it's set up for you to lose. Now, mind you, you can win, but it's difficult. Oh, and sure. the average person, especially when pissed, isn't going to win. Right. Because it's meant to frustrate you, so you spend right. more money. Or when you go in to see the freak show and it's the man eating chicken, and it's literally a man eating chicken. Yeah. It's to separate you. It's basically the P.T. Barnum philosophy of a fool and his money will soon be separated. Mm -hmm. And that there's an idiot born every minute. Right. So basically a mark is a person who they can swindle for money. It's a good con. So in wrestling, when you are a mark to something, that means they got you. You fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Now, there's always a negative connotation for some reason. For those of us who love wrestling, I don't understand why being a mark is negative. Because if you can make me mark out for something, that's great. Mm -hmm. And when I was in the wrestling business as a booker, amongst other things, we would have in the show the parts where we wanted the crowd to mark out. The big moments where you pop. Those are planned. Or hopefully they are. Yeah. That's how you know if you did something right. And when the crowd, when you get the fucking crowd, it's the greatest thing ever. When when the person who wins the title and the crowd just goes, <gasps> yeah, the erupt. You know, everything goes right for it. It's the greatest moment ever. Yeah, and you got them to mark out. So it's a negative connotation in the fact that you drew them in and fooled them. But at the same point, juncture in wrestling, it's also meant to be this endearment of oh, they marked out. We did our job. If the crowd marks out for something, the story's going right. The match went right. And for some reason, it's weird because we live in a world where people can suspend disbelief to go to a movie, but not to wrestling. <laughs> yeah. It's... And, it, and it is fine. And I understand we break things down, but we're breaking them down from an aspect of the entertainment value of it, of, hey, this is what the move. I know that those moves aren't real. Mm. I know that they're working together and that the outcome is... Uh, the injuries are real. Oh, yeah, the absolutely. toll on the body is real, but mm -hmm. like they're not trying to hurt each other because if you gave somebody a pile drive in real life, you're going to be paralyzed. Right. We have pr plenty of examples of that, unfortunately. This is a long way of setting up the fact that people are being marks on the internet. The internet has now hit this level of... And it's almost a negative thing because what's happening is these... You have the wrestling companies. You have all these independent companies and Japanese companies like New Japan all over the world. And then you have the two major in the United States, WWE and AEW. Then you have the smaller ones right underneath there and Ring of Honor and Impact. And then your GCWs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a ton of stuff you can watch. IWTV, Fight.TV, every weekend's got wrestling shows. AEW and WWE are doing shows. It's a lot of wrestling to consume. If you're a fan, this is the best time to be a fan. But meanwhile... Everybody has an agenda. And what's my problem is the mark culture is not the for the wrestling. It's for the shit on the internet. Because you're marking for people who are trying to give you information that may or not be true. Also, these people are trying to elicit a response from you and multiple portions of the audience. So you will click on their shit and you will separate. Because every time you click on their website, they get paid. Every time you put $5 of your hard-earned money on their Patreon to get to the newest information that may or may not be true, and most of the time is not true, 
You're a mark for that. And that is not a place you want to be a mark because these are guys who are taking advantage of a carny like business and they're being the worst kind of carnies. That's why I want to get off track just to let you guys know where you're at and listening to them. And it's going to come full circle. Anything you want to add to that? <laughs> no, I mean, you're exactly right. It's, you know, the, the sheep mentality leads to slaughter. If you're thinking that you're you're just getting the work done instead of just enjoying the art. Like, I mean, why have we gotten to this stage where we need to know everything? Mm-hmm. You know, what happened to the illusion of the story? That now everybody's got to be a dirt sheet uh, investigator. And, you know, like the Internet people at home, that everybody's got to speculate about anything. Oh, oh, just enjoy the moment that you're in for this. So on Wrestling Twitter, we have, I said it earlier, IWC is made of four parts. Mm -hmm. Technically, it's five. The four parts I mentioned earlier are your diehard WWE fans. Yep. Your diehard AEW fans, which Mm -hmm. means that they only watch those products and will shit on everything else. Yep. Your (laughs) PC gamer. (laughs) group and that's I love how you word that but it's true though it's true it's like because if you ever heard of the PC gamers always call themselves the master race yep that is a thing that's been on going on forever because they're better than console gamers uh and that that in that and like I said I'm probably closer to that although I don't spew the shit that they spew no no, those are the Japanese wrestler like international wrestling independent wrestling these are the guys that know everything the hipsters if you will Mm -hmm. and then last but certainly not least is the trolls but then the last group is the casual fan. And I don't count them as part of the IWC because you have to kind of be indoctrinated to be an IWC member. The casual fan is just a fan who is a kid in the candy store right now and is trying to watch as much good wrestling and is trying to go to the internet in the exclusive reality of a lot of times of giving an honest opinion and also trying to find the best wrestling they can. Mm-hmm. Okay? So we're doing a disservice to those people. So we're not even going to really talk about them because they're not the problem. They're the disservice. Ironically enough, Ken M., We'll mention them briefly, but the trolls, we're not really talking about them because a troll's going to troll. Yeah, troll. And the IWC trolls, I feel like they've become just so jaded that they one time were probably wrestling fans and they no longer are because they're the ones and you can notice that you can spot them a mile away because they shit on everything. Mm-hmm. There is nothing, nothing that they won't touch. And we know they're trolls. Oh, yeah. So the three groups that we really want to talk to in the IWC are your purists. We'll call them that. Mm-hmm. And the AEW and WWE diehards. Because that is where most of the battle comes from. Because once again, the trolls are throwing gas on the fire like the journalists. And what happens is people buy into it. Let's talk about the least to the most. So around Thursday, there became this interesting thing about how the Bellas can't wrestle. And how nobody respects the Bellas. And it's bullshit that they got where they got. I don't know what wrestle if if you're a wrestling fan and you don't like somebody, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Hell, if you're a wrestler and don't like somebody, because sometimes there's some jadedness. You can't always trust what wrestlers say, by the way, because sometimes people are jealous of other people's spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, we know a friend of ours had made a comment about a certain wrestler that he likes, and some wrestler that nobody fucking knew except for me, because he's just an upstart for a company that I kn- I happen to know the owner of. Uh, commented out of nowhere, yeah. not tagged or anything, probably because they're attached to our stuff and I know he listens to the show, uh, commented that that person sucked. He's a fucking wrestler. And it wasn't because he was working an angle because this person will never face the other person. The other person's uh, levels ahead of him. Plus, he works for a company that absolutely hates the other company. It's There's a lot of baggage. Yeah, there, there's a lot of... 
history there. I'm just using that as an example of saying sometimes the wrestlers will throw flames on themselves. Trust me, we're going to get to an issue where that happened. Mm-hmm. Saving that for last, I think that's the big one. The most disgusting and disturbing one as well. So the first one, the, the Bella's wrestling thing is this. For a long time, that's been questioned. When the Bellas were wrestling, were actually active full-time, there was not a lot of real women's wrestling going on. Right. I mean, there was Shimmer, for those of us who watched Indies. There was Stardom and stuff over in Japan. You know, Joshi wrestling was big as well in Japan. But as far as the States went, this is end of Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, and women were still seen to be sex objects. Now, granted... You had Trish Stratus and you had Lita. Mm-hmm. And then you had Jazz. You had Jackie. You had, you know, you still had some people who are still wrestling who could wrestle. Right. But this is also there, and this is no, this is no, I'm not throwing it on there, of Stacey Keebler. Mm-hmm. This is the era of Candice Michelle. Mm-hmm. This is the, and to be fair, some of them tried. Oh, yeah. But it was not the era of wrestling. But the Bellas went out there and they were entertaining and they earned their stripes and they got in the ring and they busted their ass. Mm-hmm. Proof of which is when it changed over in the wrestling women's wrestling revolution, which I always Give think Divas is funny. A chance, yeah. the, I always think it's funny that everybody credits it with WWE when really the real revolutionary force in the United States was Impact. Mm-hmm. It had been for years. But I digress. We're talking about what people, what most people go with. They stepped their game up. And yes, was Nikki Bella like the John Cena of women's wrestling? Yes. To a degree. Ironically enough, she dated John Cena. But that's not a bad thing. You need a star. You need a star. Like, what people don't understand is that John Cena can still wrestle. Yeah. And now that people mark out for him because he's gone, it's kind of interesting. But the fact that the internet, for some reason, just brought up, and I don't know if it was related to the Vince McMahon thing, why it came up. I'm assuming. Well, maybe because I'm assuming the original post, which I didn't see, so I can't say it for fact, but allegedly, or I'm assuming, which could make an ass out of me, because that came up, I'm assuming that they were saying that that's probably how the Bellas got their fucking job. Mm. Which is super fucking disrespectful to say to somebody. Absolutely Especially two people yeah. who paved the road that other people are driving down. Mm-hmm. Everybody before you has paved the fucking road, and their sacrifices and what they lacked are what the next generation drives over. Also, let's not forget, their influence on the business wasn't just in the ring. Total Divas is a huge show. Total Bella's huge show. They do clothing lines and stuff. They're very successful yeah. outside of WWE. If it wasn't for them, there'd be no Mr. Miz. I mean, a lot of the reality TV stuff that WWE has been very successful with since all comes from them taking a shot with the mental divas. Right. So, and I and I I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, t- throw out our buddy Walt Ball out there because I know he doesn't mind. He's right. If you talk to most wrestlers or people in the know, ain't a one of them disrespecting the Bellas. Of course. Because everybody respects everybody's hustle. Were they the best wrestlers? Were they better than Sasha Banks or Bailey or Charlotte Flair or Becky Becky or even Britt Baker? But no. But they did what they did and they paved a road. And so everybody should respect said fucking road. Mm-hmm. The same way everybody should respect the road that Terry Funk paved. Right. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there was the internet one. Little light end. Not a big deal. But disrespecting people who have earned the rights in business is pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Number two, in order, this is in the middle, 
somehow we morphed, or the fucking morons on the internet, morphed from Adam Cole body shaming to Eddie Kingston body shaming. Yeah, what the fuck? And then that continued over. That continued over to other things. But let's start with the body shaming. Throughout the history of wrestling, there has been a lot of guys who were built like Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. A lot of successful guys that were built like Eddie Kingston or bigger. Bam Bam Bigelow comes to mind. Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Uh, let's think about it. Ric Flair was kind of chubby, too, in the beginning. It wasn't until after the plane crash that he had, he had to slim down because of his back. Mm. Uh, who else can we uh, throw out there? Hogan was, other than the jacked arms, he's always had a gut. Uh, let's talk about the days of the tough wrestlers that I know you want to go up and say shit to, and Eddie Kingston could be amongst them. Stan Hansen, yep. Terry Bam Bam Gordy, Bruiser Brody. Dr. Death. Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Uh, the list goes on and on. So don't act like this is something different in the world of wrestling that somebody is 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 not in complete shape. Also, I would like to say, and he's not on the same level, and it's not a shot at him, but look at Kevin Owens. Yeah. Kevin Owens, a little more athletic as far as athleticism goes. I think Eddie would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Eddie knows his place in wrestling. You know who else? What else he knows? Oh, Pad throws in Vader, Mark Henry, Kane. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kane, yeah, be careful naming Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Uh, you know who else he reminds me of? His heroes. Remember, Eddie Kingston was a fan of King's Road Wrestling in Japan. Right. More importantly, All Japan Wrestling. Have you ever seen how Kenta Kabashi looks? Yeah. Not disheveled or whatever people no, want to no, say, but no. he's not a skinny guy or super muscular guy. He's got a little bit of gut. Masawa was never fucking a never body guy. Etc., cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not like it's out of the realm, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Secondly, the defense to it was then that people started comparing Eddie to Cactus Jack. This is another thing we have to stop doing in wrestling. I understand in sports we always are going to compare people, and that's fine. But nobody is actually the next Cactus Jack or this generation's Cactus Jack. There was only one Cactus Jack. Mm -hmm. There's only one Mick Foley. There's guys who maybe remind you of them. There's similarities, but, but there's they're not, not the, the same. And I'm going to say this on a limb. I bet if you ask Eddie Kingston if he thinks he's the next Cactus Jack or Mick Foley, he's going to tell you no, he's trying to be the first Eddie Kingston. Exactly. Which... There's some tools that Eddie has that are different than him. What are you saying? Because they are in brutal matches? Which, that would be a lie because I know that Eddie's done death matches, but he's not a death match, you know, kind of sore. Right. Uh, whereas Cactus Jack is was the face of deathmatch wrestling for a long time. Mm -hmm. Hardcore icon. I mean, yeah, he likes to beat people up. What are you, because he's in a barbed wire match this upcoming week? Like, you can't even say that. I digress. So that automatically got the fire back of, oh, he's a bum. And then I loved, uh, I heard people compare him to the Brooklyn Brawler. And I have nothing but respect for Steve Lombardi. Steve Lombardi, by the way, if you guys don't know, was an agent for WWE for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. And has an enhancement talent as well. Uh, enhancement guys are great. And I'm going to tell you why. Because enhancement guys were guys who weren't stars for whatever reason. Maybe they didn't have the microphone charisma. Maybe they didn't have the it factor. Whatever. But their job was to make the stars look like a million bucks and do the job every night. Guys like Barry Horowitz, Steve Lombardi. Uh, the list goes on and on. I can name guys forever. Iron Mike Sharp. Iron Mike Sharp. These guys, by the way, a lot of these guys also were trainers. 
and trained a lot of the wrestlers you watch today. Why? Because they knew what the fuck they were doing in the ring. It was only because of maybe no gimmick or maybe not enough charisma or maybe not the right build or maybe whatever. A million fucking things are the reason why they weren't the stars. But their job was just important. That's why I will never shit on somebody who's doing enhancement jobs for AEW. I do say that some of your top star indie guys should not be doing enhancement jobs because they should probably be getting a job. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I don't mind guys who are on that mid-rung indie guy or low-rung indie guy doing jobs because that is a good way to get a notice for you on the indies. And also, it's a good way to get paid by a major company. Just saying. But to compare, Eddie Kingston, once again, comparing is stupid, but to compare him to the Brooklyn Brawler, probably based on looks only, is dumb because I don't remember the last time the Brooklyn Brawler cut a promo that made my fucking skin crawl. I don't know the last time the Brooklyn Brawler cut a promo that brought tears in my eyes. I don't know the last time I saw the Brooklyn Brawler embroiled in a feud where I gave a fuck about the guy. I don't remember any time in my life, and trust me, I watched a lot of Brooklyn Brawler matches, whether it was on television or live, Mm -hmm. in our own arena when WWE used to come here six times a fucking year. I don't remember him ever eliciting a feeling out of me, and that's probably why he was an enhancement guy. Although he wrote great finishes and he was a great agent, and there's a lot of things that Steve Lombardi was fucking great at and he should be in the Hall of Fame for. I agree. However, to compare Eddie Kingston, who is arguably the heart and soul of the AEW locker room, whether he's a top guy or not is fucking irrelevant. But he's still a guy that you would pay to see on TV. He's still a guy that you would pay to see in a match. He's a guy that will elicit feelings out of you. And at the end of the day, the stuff he does in the back is important. To compare him to an enhancement talent is also bullshit. And it's this fucking elitist, dumb fucking shit that happens on the internet. Mind you, this is mostly from the drones, Mm -hmm. as they get called. And I'll call them that here, because fuck you. It's disturbing. Why can't we just say that Eddie Kingston is a good wrestler at what he does? He's a great brawler. He's a hard hitter. He wrestles that King's Row style. He had a great match uh, with Takashita on Rampage, for those people who probably didn't tune into it because the numbers are always low. But still, go out of your way to see it because it's great. Sure. And on top of that, he can cut one of the best promos in the business. So I think it's a little unfair that we're judging his fucking body. And, and that's what you guys have to talk about? Meanwhile, we just went over... Four wrestling shows? There's more than that. We just went over four that went down this past weekend that if you weren't happy about Eddie Kingston, you could have turned in and seen some great fucking wrestling. But I digress. Ken M, what are you thinking about all the bullshit with around this Eddie Kingston nonsense? It makes no fucking sense. If you actually watch wrestling, you know what Eddie brings time in and time out. He gives you raw emotion in that ring that you can't compare to anybody else. He is exactly that. Eddie Kingston. There is no legacy. He's not somebody that we have to say, oh, this generation, this, this generation, that. Wrestling is wrestling. Like For some reason, fans have fallen in love with this comparison argument. And it gets you absolutely nowhere except distracted from what you should be watching. Then you got to get on the internet and take a shot? Trust me, you would never say that to Eddie's face in your life. I know this for a fact. You know, and it, it happens elsewhere. And I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a good comparison, and we're gonna get that wrap up, and then we're gonna go to the disgusting one last. We saved mm-hmm. it for a purpose. But recently, actually, it was a few weeks ago, I think it was, or maybe a month ago. 
Shaq was on a podcast. A couple NBA guys. I want to say about a month. And uh, Shaq said, they, they asked him, who do you think is the next Kobe, the closest to Kobe? And Shaq, without hesitation, said, nobody. They're like, well, wait a minute. You know, Bron's great. And this is that. He's like, yeah, Bron's great. You know, Steph Curry's great. I can't do the Shaq voice. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'd have to tell real so. Go ahead. I, but I love Shaq. I think he's I, I, I think that he's one of the great minds of basketball. I think people underrate it. He says, you know, Kobe's great. Steph's great. You know, or, or, or sorry, I said Kobe because I'm going back to that. Uh, LeBron's great. Steph's great. He, li- he listed off some guys. Great. They're great players. But they're not Kobe. And nobody's close to Kobe. Trust me, as somebody who's played in the league as long as I have, as somebody who's played with Kobe against and with, they're not Kobe. He's like, it's just like the argument that people say who's the next Jordan or who's the closest to Jordan. I can tell you, without hesitation, the closest to Jordan was Kobe. Mm. Nobody else ever, just Kobe. And then after Kobe, there's nobody that's close to Kobe and there's nobody that's close to Jordan by proxy because they're, they're, they're one of a kind. He was like, but I wouldn't say even Kobe was the, the next Jordan because Kobe was the first Kobe. Mm. And I love that explanation. And the guys couldn't believe it. Like, come on, some great players. Yeah, but did those great players do what Kobe did? Did the, the great players do what Jordan did? There is some parallels to Kobe and Jordan. There's some parallels that you can make in their careers that you can say that, eh, Kobe wasn't the next Michael. He was the first Kobe. Michael was Michael. But there is some parallels. So you could say close like like Shaq did because yeah. there is. They both strived off of if you told them they weren't going to do something, they were going to do it. They both were self-motivated and probably made up. I don't know if Kobe did for sure, but I, we all know Michael made up yeah. fucking scenarios to play like a savage. And I'm sure Kobe did too. Just look at the Mamba look. Mm-hmm. We all know the look. There the teeth came from, the eyes dagging in. We knew when the Black Mamba was on the fucking court. Yep. We knew when it was Kobe and we knew when it was the Mamba. And he didn't want to fuck with the Mamba. I don't see Mamba mentality from any other player. No, everybody likes using it as a catchphrase. And, and, and I'm not fucking shitting on it. It's just the truth. But there's a parallel with Jordan and him there. That's why I can understand what Shaq was saying. My, my point of the matter is we can't keep looking for the next. You know who LeBron is? He's the first LeBron James. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, LeBron James is going to walk away with a lot of fucking records. He's going to walk away with a great impact on the business. Why does he need to be told that he's either better or worse than Jordan or if he's the next Jordan or the next Kobe? He doesn't need that. You know what happened? Kobe broke the mold and became fucking Kobe. Jordan broke the mold that was set before him and became Jordan. Just like Bird and Magic did. Mm-hmm. And go on and keep going back, right? Right. I mean, it's just- same thing. Same thing as LeBron did. LeBron broke the mold. You know why LeBron broke the mold? He's a fucking six eight dude that spent a majority of his career as a point guard and still led the league in fucking scoring. He is the guy. He is the last guy. There hasn't been somebody since Jordan or Kobe to average over thirty points a game a year. And in his prime, he was doing that. He was the last one to win major scoring titles multiple years with having major numbers. Mm. Nowadays. Once a year, we get a guy who does thirty a year. Yeah, and it's real fucking crazy because then occasionally you get a guy like a like a Russell Westbrook in his prime. I know we're talking about basketball here, but trust me, it comes around. Who does the triple double stuff? Or uh, James Harden did it as well. Yeah, but that wasn't multiple years. That no. was a year. One year, maybe two, and then that was it. So when you break this down, that's the same thing in wrestling. 
In the 1970s, you had Dusty Rhodes and Harley Race. And then they were around the 80s too, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, that's when they were winning championships. Rhodes was also in the 80s. But then the torch got passed down to Ric Flair. Was Ric Flair the next Harley Race? No. Ric Flair was the first fucking Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you had Hulk Hogan. Was Hulk Hogan the next Harley Race? No. No. Was Hogan the next Ric Flair? No. He was the first Hulk Hogan and broke the fucking mold. Just like Flair broke the mold for workers, Hogan broke the mold for entertainers. Was The Rock the next Hogan then? No. He was the first Rock because he broke the fucking mold. Shawn Michaels, was he the next Ric Flair? No, he was the first Shawn Michaels because he broke the fucking mold. Mm -hmm. John Cena, was he the next Rock? No, because he was the first John Cena. He broke the fucking mold. Right. Roman Reigns, same thing. You know, and we could go down the list. They were different. Randy Orton. Randy Orton being a, a support, like the top tier support guy. Is he the next Randy or Randy Savage? No. Mm. It's the first fucking Randy Orton. It, it's, it's sickening. Can you can you draw parallels to people? Absolutely. We could draw the five moves of doom from Hogan to fucking uh, yeah. Cena. But at the same time, they were different in different eras. Yeah. So it's not comparable. So you could say, yeah, much like Hogan, he was an entertainer, but then he smashed the records. He's the highest selling WWE superstar of all time. Mm-hmm. By the close. way, Hogan wasn't even the highest selling when it came to Cena because it was Austin. Yeah. And then Cena smashed those records. And if Roman stays around for a little while, he'll probably break those records. Yeah, I was going to say because it's not even close right now. But Roman's, and then maybe the internet, will, the internet will fucking cry itself to sleep if Theory gets to that level, right? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. That's what I'm saying. Let's stop this shit because now we're disrespecting a man who is out here giving us some fine entertainment. And mind you, if your opinion is that Eddie Kingston isn't good, that's fine. You can have that opinion. You can voice that opinion. If your opinion that he's great, that's great. You can voice that opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion he's very good. Uh, same here. That's fine. The difference is then when you start going, oh, it's because he's fat and out of shape. Oh, he doesn't act like a wrestler. Oh, he's just the next Brooklyn brother. No. No. Just don't. Those added things aren't necessary. And then we have the fucking flames all over everything, throwing the fucking uh, gas on it. And you guys are just eating it up like idiots. Mm, it's true. But nobody takes the cake. And I know we've gone on a little longer than I wanted, but nobody takes the cake like our last one. For some fucking reason, the internet had to talk about he who shall remain nameless. Oh, fuck. But yeah. I'm going to say it now because we have to. And that would be Chris Benoit. Jordan Grace, for whatever fucking reason, made a comment that all these people, and I'm probably sure because she got pissed off because a lot of people still throw his name around. I'm sure she did. Mm -hmm. She said a lot of people talk all this shit about Chris Benoit, but let's be honest, he couldn't lace the boots of the kids of this generation. Is she right or wrong? I don't know. I really don't. There's some really talented people I don't know if he could. Is, is, is... Was, I shouldn't say is, was Chris Benoit a great wrestler? Yes. Does he have great matches? Yes. Mm. However, for those of you out there, and I'm going to paraphrase Paul Heyman in a minute. Yeah. He put it perfectly. For those of you out there who keep bringing up his name and saying how he's a great wrestler and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, for the Chris Jerichos of the world who drum that in the David Benoit, and I get it, it's for his own personal gain. I get it. It's your dad, too. I get it. I understand. For them who keep drumming it up, and for the people and fans that 
are fucking whatever sycophants for this son of a bitch that keep bringing it up. He deserves fucking nothing. He deserves to burn in hell where he's burning. And if that offends somebody, that's fine. You know why? Because I don't know how anybody at home who defends Chris Benoit doesn't have this fucking disgusting, sick feeling in their stomach. The fact that he murdered a child and a woman. And let's, let's not get it twisted. He didn't murder them in a nice fucking fashion. He strangled his child to death. What, because he drugged him first, it's okay? He strangled his wife to death and he didn't drug her first. I don't know if you understand how strangulation works. Horrible way to fucking die. And then, then he took the coward's way out. Mm -hmm. Put his head between some plates and smashed his fucking head. Separated his neck, sorry. Because he looked that up because he's a fucking sick fuck. It was premeditated. But that's okay because he had some great matches with Kurt Angle. Because Chris Jericho says, man, I wish I could put out a, a DVD from WWE where we had the matches with me and Jer or Benoit because he was the greatest of all time and we had great matches. Because Drunk Uncle fucking Chris is who you should be listening to. By the way, all you woke people <laughs> who defend Chris Jericho, mm -hmm. who funds Donald Trump and now Rick DeSantis, good on you. I'm not going to bring certain things up because I'm not a piece of shit like him. But I, I, there is something that was out in the internet a few weeks ago that I, I understand a lot more than a lot of you at home. Yeah. But I digress. Let's talk about the piece of shit at hand. How in the fuck was there an argument about Chris Benoit in 2022? Somebody please tell me. Ken, you're, you're, you're I, I have no fucking idea because seriously, when I saw that person's name pop up on a feed, I was like, what the fuck is this? And I thought somebody's trying to talk about the anniversary of the, the murders. But no, we're now comparing him, and I'm not even going to say his fucking name, and what he could do in a wrestling ring. That doesn't matter. What he did that night wipes away anything he did in that ring. I'm sorry if you defend him. Turn this fucking podcast off. Don't follow. Don't listen. I want to fucking talk to you. Well, I'll give it. I'll give it out. I've said this before. I said it in our chat earlier. If you enjoy the matches he was in, it's fine. If you think he was a great wrestler, it's fine. It really is. It doesn't offend me. The problem is, you should never say his name. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't bring him up. You know who doesn't say his name? World Wrestling Entertainment. Yeah. To this day, I challenge you to go on to WWE.com and look up the results from WrestleMania 20. Because <laughs> it's the, one of the greatest moments of your life when you realize it says that Shawn Michaels and Triple H fought in a triple threat match. Neither man left champion. Mm -hmm. That is the official standing from World Wrestling Entertainment. Yep. And mind you, they do a. We are just talking about how scummy fucking Vince is. Whew. Whew. Listen, guys, I, I hate to say this, but now Jordan Grace has now put out this apology and she's going to donate money to CTE and stuff. And you know what? Uh, there is some valid validity to the fact that his brain was Swiss cheese. There's also validity that he took steroids. <laughs> And there's so there's this weird mixture of whether it was cocaine, roid rage, or, or or CTE, or a mixture of all three. By the way, 
That is a fact because he had all of those in his system. Don't believe me? Look it up. Before you defend somebody, look up what happened when he murdered his family. Here's my problem, though. I understand how CTE works. It's an impulse. Uh, unfortunately, we've lost some really good NFL players. And I'm, I'll bring one up by name because I think that he was probably one of the more heartbreaking situations. Junior Sam. Yeah. One of the greatest linebackers of all fucking time. Had severe CTE, went into a depression funk, and murdered and killed himself. Mm-hmm. Killed himself. Committed suicide. Wrote a suicide note and killed himself. Uh, prior to it, headaches, all these things that happened. Uh, Pat goes, when the WWE Network was active in the U.S., you couldn't skip to his matches on pay-per-views. They were there, but you couldn't jump to it specifically in the paper. Yeah, because they couldn't really technically erase them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could, but it wasn't their policy. Peacock, on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> Good on them. Uh, <laughs> edit the shit out of stuff, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, um, where is it going? So we have a lot of things, and there's been a lot of guys in the NFL who have done a lot of dumb stuff, but it was all impulsive. Like, there's still Jim McMahon, perfect example of somebody who's still alive with severe CTE. And he's had a lot of impulsive things happen. And thankfully, he has a wife that's with him all the time and has to babysit him for lack of better term. And hearing him talk about hope and hearing him talk to these other players about what you need to do to take care of yourself with this disease is beautiful because he's trying to help people. Mm -hmm. And so I understand what happens because Jim McMahon said, well, the way this works is sometimes I just have these impulses. Like there's been times where my brain has literally, I've been in pain, I've been shaking and my brain just says fucking blow your brains out. And if I had a gun and if I was by myself, I'd have pulled the fucking trigger. So, knowing this about CTE, and I'm not saying I'm a doctor, mm-hmm. but look up the science. It does. It's out there. Where does that include a man who spent days looking up the quickest way to kill himself? Previous to the murder, weeks leading in, he looked up. They found it on the computer. How the quickest way to die was. He also looked up the drug cocktail that he gave his son. Hmm. Does that sound impulsive to you? Or does that sound premeditated? That's premeditated, in my opinion. Right. So, believe what you want. But at the end of the day, I think, I think that any decent human being can agree he's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely burning where he needs to burn. Yep. If there's any justice in the world... And if there is a hell, because I don't know if there is or not. Yeah. But I feel like there's a certain level for him. And this is why we shouldn't be bringing it up. This is why. And somebody can argue with me if they want that Chris Jericho's a good guy because there's nobody standing up to say that shit. Nobody. Ever. I wish he would have pushed the issue with Brock Lesnar so Brock Lesnar would have smeared his face all over a fucking uh, locker room. If you really believe Chris Jericho had a shot of beating up Brock Lesnar, good good luck with your fucking delusions, okay? Come on, people. Are we really in 2022 arguing on the internet? And then to be a browbeated man, I was so disappointed in fucking Jordan Grace. I'm going to say that. She hears this. You disappointed me for once. I've always been like, fuck it, at least she speaks her mind. And when you back down from this one, I'm like, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? Let it die. Like he did. Let it die. 
Once again, if you want to fucking jerk off to how great he was, <gasps> it says a lot more about you than it does about anything I wanted to uh, talk about. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Hey, if I'm at a house and in, 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 in the Royal Rumble where him and Kurt Angle had a great match comes on, I'll watch it. It was a great match. But I'm not ever. You're never gonna see me on Twitter go, "Hey, just got done watching Angle versus Benoit. Fucking great match. Benoit needs to be in the Hall of Fame. No, he doesn't. After this show, because I had to bring it up for this time, I'll go back to how I refer to him. He is like some other people in my life that don't deserve to be named as he who shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. That guy. Hey, remember that match that Angle had at the Rumble? It's a really good match. Too bad that other person was a piece of shit. Yep. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. Too bad. That person was human excrement. Blame it on the CTE. Blame it on the... Listen, everybody makes choices in life. Everybody. Yes. When he was alive and before what happened, happened. He was a great professional wrestler, maybe one of the greatest of all time. But sometimes, folks, you do things in your life that are unredeemable. Jimmy Snuka was taken out of the Hall of Fame over the allegedly, mm-hmm. which we're pretty sure is real. But because the state wouldn't go after him because he was too old and he was on his deathbed, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, I guess it don't waste taxpayer dollar. The justice that we got, even from a shady company, was we'll pull him from the Hall of Fame. Hogan, although returned to the Hall of Fame, <laughs> fucking Hogan. Yeah. But I don't see anybody out here talking about the legends of Hulk Hogan after, you know, what came out about him came out. Yeah, occasionally we, you know, everybody brings up Hulk, but it isn't like before. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Could you, re- could you think about it? I grew up in the era. I was a fucking Hulkamaniac. I was prime Hulkamania. Think about it. I was born in 1983. I was, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. One of my first memories is legit, and there's a picture of it somewhere. I got to find it if my mom can find it. My aunt and uncle took me to the arena at four years old to see my first wrestling event. I don't remember anything from the wrestling events except for it was loud. But the one thing I remember only because there's a picture is that Hulk Hogan carried me down the back stairs of the Broome County Veterans Memorial Arena, and it made my fucking life. Mm-hmm. I would run around my house in my tidy whities and uh, I would cut holes in the top and of, of, of uh, uh, plastic bags because obviously I ain't ripping a shirt off yeah. at fucking five, four, five, six, seven, eight years yeah, old I was going to say not that age and I'm ripping that off and I'm acting like I'm Hogan and posing and doing the ear thing prime Hulkamaniac I have no problem admitting this in 1990 Wrestlemania 6 I was seven years old when Hogan lost to the Ultimate Warrior, I bawled on my grandmother's lap. And all I could say, and she's reminded me of this a bunch of times, all I could say is, Hulk Hogan doesn't lose. <laughs> now, now we might find a problem with that. But, <laughs> but back then, as a kid, the immortal Hulk Hogan didn't lose. He was the good guy. And now we found out maybe not so much. Yeah. Throughout history, we found out he was a real kind of piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Not just because of the racistness, big part but not just because but also because he held other people down he did a lot of backstage politicking he's a pro piece of garbage some of the things you hear about him Mm -hmm. ultimate warrior another piece of real garbage yeah 
The only thing that saves them from not being in the he who shall not remain nameless section is they didn't do something so heinous that you have to be there. They're still bad people. They're not. I I don't understand why we have a warrior award. We say it all the time. Yeah. Why? I yes. A man who is homophobic, racist, anti-Semitic. There's a I mean, whole they're, they're, list of reasons. You can still find those videos. Mm. WWE's tried to scrub them off the internet, but it hasn't worked. Once again, does that mean he's a great person? No, and I don't celebrate the fucking Ultimate Warrior. Right. I don't celebrate Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And more and more, we're not celebrating Ric Flair anymore either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, the whole point of the matter, and I guess it's you, could, you either die a legend or you live long enough to become the, the, the villain. villain. I really feel like that's true in wrestling. I mean, there's some good guys now out there. Oh yeah, there's some, but it's, it, at the end of the day, it's just it's getting to such a point. And I mean, how about the how about uh, Scott Hall? Yeah. He was he was kind of the villain that became the good guy. Mm-hmm. Although we'll always call him the bad guy, right? But you know, I don't know, guys. I just I just I can't with the IWC. Any, I fucking can't. I just no, can't. It's just what we what we harp every week, and and maybe this will be the lesson we close out on too. You've seen now examples of just garbage coming from fans. You either tend to be a follower or just be somebody that appreciates the sport and be better than them. Because the more that you feed into this bullshit, the more that you're giving it your attention, the more they're giving your clicks, the more you're giving your money, is just feeding into a pile of shit that will never go away and the stench will live on. Be better fans, preach it to your other fans, and get the best people around you to talk wrestling, and then that's the community you should follow. Following the blind will only lead you into darkness because that is the only place that going into these routes where we're bringing up he who shall not be named at this stage, at this time, and this year is fucking atrocious. And why this is happening is is simple. Somebody's trying to get a reaction because, or they're delusional and they believe that there's a, a, a silver lining somewhere there. But if you can't see, you cannot see the light. And that is the problem that we're seeing a lot more in the IWC. So be better fans. Take that with you from this. If there's one thing you get from this episode is be better. Stand on your own two feet. Don't go following blindly because otherwise you'll just stay in darkness. Very well spoken. And to bring it full circle... We start off the program by saying that if you keep emboldening the asshole that is Vince McMahon, we're going to continue to get what we get. If you keep emboldening the assholes on the internet and the people who you're throwing the gasoline on there, the trolls and the journalists, Mm -hmm. you're going to keep getting what you get. And for the, a lot of the people that I talk to who are fans across the board of different things, some of them are diehard AEW fans, but they're not ones saying garbage shit. Some of them are diehard WWE fans. Some of them are, into, you know, they come across the boards. And I hear them time and time ago like, man, I don't want to look that shit up. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love to see what somebody's doing, I know as soon as I go on to wrestling Twitter, whew, it's over. Somebody's going to say something stupid. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm at because every week I got to go on. Somebody's like, oh, just don't go on. Why, why is that the option? Why can't it be, hey, let's not be scumbags and bring up scumbag shit. Mm-hmm. Let's not embolden the worst people possible. Hmm. I don't know. It's a novel idea. Should try it for once. But f- 
for me and for Ken, we have this. And from now on, once again, I can't say it's the last time because occasionally this ship pups its head up. But from now on, it's going to be simple. We have done a good job on this show of, I think, at least, having our opinions, calling things right down the middle. If we say it's bad on one station, it's bad on all stations. Mm -hmm. I don't think we've ever gone, hey, man, I really liked what they did over here. But when they do the same thing over here, go, oh, no, we don't like that. No, it's that's been, oh, sorry. No, it's been kept universal since day one. We call it like we see it as fans. And you know what? When we had some of the most atrocious opinions come back to us, and Rich has seen some of my DMs, <laughs> I still treat everybody with respect about it. And here's the thing. I respect everybody's opinion as long as it's not disrespectful and disgusting. Yep, same. As soon as we cross that line, we're not talking anymore. There's no conversation. I just don't talk. And, and as far as an opinion, once again, you can have opinions that things are good or bad. It's when you cross the lines. It's when you start disrespecting people who paved the way. It's when you start disrespecting people based upon things that have nothing to do with pro wrestling. And it's when you start deifying people who should not be deified for obvious fucking reasons. It becomes disgusting. And we saw all three this week, which is amazing. It's impressive. I don't understand. It's just fucking crazy. It's a triple crown I never thought I'd see. Yeah. So the, the takeaway is this. If you don't like what you're seeing out there, don't support it. If you're a podcast or journalist and you're seeing this shit out there, don't support it. You have those options. Be better. Yeah. And also, like we've said before, love what you love, dislike what you dislike. Don't waste your time watching what you don't dislike. I save seven hours a week not watching WWE television mm -hmm. programming, and I'm happy as pigs and shit for it. Meanwhile, I fill that same seven hours or more with watching independent wrestling in New Japan. And guess what? Next week, we get to start fucking covering the G1 Climax because it starts this upcoming week. Right? So, like, there's that. I don't have to worry about piss-poor internet bullshit. No. Because I have something that's one of the best things of the year coming. GCW is putting on banger after banger after fucking banger. I'm too busy watching that to care about dumb shit. I got two. I got two cards lined up for next week, and that's Ring of Honor, which I didn't think I was going to be this excited for, but I'm there. And Glory Pro. Yeah, I know. Glory Pro, I'm a little more excited for. Uh, the Ring of Honor show. I think they're just. I don't know. They might be going back to FTR and Briscoes too soon. But that's just me. Not saying I don't want to see it. I'm just saying it's just me. Yeah. But that's I digress. We'll talk show. about that next week. But no matter how you look at it, there's all this great stuff out there. And if you're a fan of AEW, they're doing some good things. If you're a fan of WWE, they're doing some good things in your opinion. I'm assuming. <laughs> I'm assuming. Uh, once again, I'm not here to judge that. But we give our opinions right down the fucking middle. And that's it. my promise to you from this day forward. And it's the same promise we've had before. We give you less of the fucking filler and bullshit. We give you more of the real deal and more of the honest takes. So if you appreciate them, we appreciate you being along for the ride. If you don't, that's fine. I mean, you're not hurting my feelings and I'm not losing any sleep. Mm -hmm. Same way I don't lose sleep about, you know, ruining my Twitch numbers by fucking not covering live premium live events that I could care yeah. two shits about. Is the same way that I sleep at night knowing that, hey, if we have 10 listeners or 150 listeners or a thousand listeners or a million listeners, I'm going to say the same shit. Not selling out. Hell, we didn't even jump on the fact of the the AEW taking more shit down. Yep. There's a whole other ball game, but I wasn't even going to touch that because it wasn't that serious compared to this other stuff. And now I've come off my soapbox. Now we're coming back to reality. Next week, we got a lot to talk about. Yes. Next week, we'll be rehashing 
GCW's weekend. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about probably some other independent wrestling because it jumps up there. So all of a sudden, some fucking great card will happen. Also, we'll be uh, previewing Ring of Honor. Yep. We'll also be setting up to preview the... Uh, we'll give you the first opening results of the G1 Climax and seeing where that's going. Of course, we'll be feeding you that up to the date. And I'm sure there's other wrestling news. I will say this, though. Next week, I will not be talking about Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. The take of this podcast in closing here is that he's a scumbag and he needs to go. We will make decisions upon what we're going to do as far as WWE, depending on their decisions in the future. The other thing we won't be talking about is body shaming bullshit in the IWC anymore. Yep. Guys, have a fun fuck fest out there doing dumb shit. I just want to save other people's shit. Let's save some sanity. And I would like to make shit better, but I, I think it's a lost cause at this point in juncture. At this point, it's just you're either going to come with us and have a positive conversation or you're going to sit there and uh, roll around in the filth. You make that call. We're done trying to save everybody. It's time to go save who we want to go save. And all I got to say to that is... Who's coming, man? Who's coming with me? Huh? Who's coming with me, man? There you go. Now, so we can get out of here with another long-winded episode, which we're also doing, still working, God, but man, I got on that fucking rant. I knew it was going to happen. Uh, Ken M, tell them how to find you in the ODPH. Very simple. I will keep it short, and I'll keep it sweet. ODPHpodcast.com. I will follow suit. 8122productions.com. All social medias, 3 Fatners Pod, throwing that in front of it. There you go. That's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Booyah kasha. We are coming into the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. For the people that are going to be along for the ride in the long haul, thank you so fucking much. We appreciate each and every one of you that is, uh, you know, just in love with fucking wrestling. Because that, at the end of the day, is the reason why I come do this show. There's days where I come in and I go, huh, do I really want to record to a podcast and a live stream back to back? No. After working a full day at my job, do I really want to deal with the fucking, you know, circus of flies that I deal with doing this? No. But then I go, man, I love pro wrestling, and I'm going to get to talk about GCW, and I'm going to get to talk about Pro Wrestling Revolver, and I'm going to get to talk about my favorite parts of AEW, and if there's something cool that happens somewhere else, I'm also going to get to talk about, you know, the G1 Climax coming up. So there's a lot of things that keep me excited, and then there's the grink and the grud that we have to talk about occasionally. Just saying. But to that, thank you so much. It is now time for us to bid you adieu. Our good friend Second Suitor are going to play you out. Songs One Winged Angel. You already know that if you've been listening. If not, it's your first time listening. And be prepared to hear a fucking awesome song. With that being said, for myself, for Ken M, we wish you all a good week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Be better people. That's what you should strive for. That's what we do each and every day. And most importantly, until next week, same time same channel that's right 8 p.m eastern standard time twitch.tv slash 607 podcast all i have left to say is later wrestling fans Damn hard I can no longer
Top ropes, one, two. 